and welcome to And Then We Fought a Dragon. And Then We Fought a Dragon. My name is Becky. I'm Desiree. And we're here to chat about some D&D. We're here back with Campaign 1 with Kaylin and the crew. And we're going to find out what's happening to them. So I'm right away going to pass it off to Des to let us have a bit of a reminder about what happened last week. And then I'll let y'all know what happened this week and we'll chat about it a bit. So take it away. I'm excited. We left at like um, an unnerving, stomach-turning <laughs> cliffhanger last bit. week. So I'm ready. <laughs> um, speaking of last week. So last week on... We, you guys decided to wing it. Yeah. Just, just wing it. Wait, um, you. you found a chasm mm-hmm. uh, because of, in the shed, the rooms, yep. the shed, chasm. Then it became clear that wasn't really that relevant because <laughs> the trial got moved to sunup. And at the trial, 180, <laughs> real quick of literally yeah. everything. Craziness. Um. My next point is just they dead, and by they I mean so many people, specifically yeah. the king and queen. Yeah, but plot twist. You know they dead. Oh, and then also of course, the pink-haired man yeah. was the cause of all that. Yeah. Um. So chaos ensued, and suddenly you are in the Feywild. Yeah. Didn't expect that one. (laughs) (laughs) There was the cliffhanger, and uh, that's pretty much it. Short and sweet, because I would like to find out what the next step was. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, so uh, someone's mom sent us off to the Feywild, which was a little... A little shocking. We came to save her. She, I guess, saved us, maybe? We don't know. There were some theories about that. (laughs) But yeah, we, uh, we found ourselves... In the Feywild, we were near um, a dense little kind of copse of trees, which, side note, um, I'm someone who reads quite a lot, and so there's a lot of words in life that I encounter that I've only ever read and never really heard pronounced, and I've always pronounced copse of trees as corpse of trees, (laughs) which apparently is not how you say it. Oh my gosh, that's, want to know what's funny about you mentioning that? Yeah. I was talking to my brother this morning, mm-hmm. and he was trying to pronounce something, and yeah. he was giving me all these variations, and I was like, I need a little context, <laughs> really struggling here, and then I wish I could remember what it was, because it yeah. was hilarious, <laughs> um, but I told him, I said, it's okay, I know somebody else who also has this problem so you're not alone well that's good thanks (laughs) Ev I appreciate that (laughs) that's that's really funny but also that one doesn't make sense I know because there's no r in it (laughs) I've just always added an r oh well yeah so we are near uh, a corpse of trees (laughs) I'm just kidding um a corpse of trees you're like some running water nearby and again being in the Feywild like the colors are too vibrant the grass is a little too soft you can almost hear the wind rustling each individual leaf so it's all kind of a little trippy very otherworldly and off in the distance we can hear 
kind of a low rumble of voices and some hustle and bustle. And as we look over the tops of the trees, we can see the tops of like massive tall buildings hmm. kind of surrounding us with this grayish shimmering kind of reflective material, just like the tallest buildings we've ever seen. Do you have a description of what like types of buildings or just buildings in a general sense? Kind of a little like almost industrial-ish, I guess. Maybe industrial is wrong world, but like think like a downtown, like tall kind of. So not castles. Skyscrapers. No, like El Alinor is very polished stone turrets and all sorts of things. Not really that same kind of vibe. It's it's more hard edges and things. All right. Yeah. And at this point, we all rolled a history check on the Feywild, just to kind of like get a vibe of what we know going into this world. And quite a few of us, based on our checks, would have kind of heard bedtime stories growing up, old wives' tales. Feywild intersects, as we've experienced, with the material plane in Gates. We've been to, to one of the gates near the Blackwell's Manor yeah. on our side, not on a Feywild side, but we didn't use it. But um, the Feywild kind of mirrors the material plane. So in the whole idea of like onions having layers, the material plane that we exist on mm-hmm. is kind of the middle. And then there's a mirroring top layer above it. that would be the Feywild. And then a mirroring level below it, which is the shadow fell, kind of like the dark mirror version. Yeah. So we're in typically the, the good mirror version, <laughs> I guess. But it's still a little weird and everything. Mm-hmm. But there's kind of a theory that even cities and things in the material plane have a mirror reflection in the Feywild and like they'll line up, but in reverse. So the idea that we've come from El Alinor and landed seemingly near a city. Yeah. Kind of like maybe this is the Feywild version of that city, which could be kind of cool. That's a bit of an urban myth though. We're not confident on whether that works. Okay. That means give me the heebie-jeebies. Yeah. It's a little weird. Like, I don't yeah, love well, it. Looking through a mirror in another world, looking back at you kind of idea. A little creepy. Yeah. Yeah. And then the other thing that we know about the Feywild is kind of the time tends to work differently there, or at least there's rumors that it does. Mm-hmm. Not many people come and go from the Feywild, but some say time moves slower. Some say time moves faster. So we don't really know what it'll be like going back and forth between yeah. the two. But we are now here in the Feywild. And we decide our, our best bet in trying to get out is to go towards this civilization that we seem to be noticing. And maybe someone there will know where the nearest gate is that we can use or a spellcaster or something to like help us get back. And before we head to the buildings, we decide to follow the water just in case there's like maybe a gate right there, just above the water. Yeah. And we find a small clearing with a little kind of gray white stone fountain in a small pool and there's little spells making the water dance and it looks all pretty and fun. And Selwyn kind of tentatively goes forward to like take a little sample of the water just to see if anything weird happens. Nothing weird happens. It seems like pretty normal water. And looking up at the Feywild Gate we were last at, you could kind of see shimmeriness in the sky where it was like a bit of a portal situation. So Mm -hmm. we kind of look up and we can't really see anything, not anything that we recognize as being a gate. So we assume there's nothing there and start to head for the nearest buildings, which are to our right, although they surround us all the way around. 
And Selwyn's kind of taking the lead here. She's like telling us to just just act cool and chill, follow her lead. And so we're all trying to be cool, a little swagger. <laughs> we're not cool, just just so you know. And um, we school collected. Yeah, yeah. We're not cool collected. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we stress that Kirian should not do stealing here, please. Because we want a good impression so that we can safely get out. <laughs> yeah, and you don't know the like ramifications of yeah taking stuff out of a, wor- a separate world. Yeah, and like there, the magic is a little bit different here. I think in some situations, like the repercussions may be different than what we know. So we start heading towards the buildings to our right, and as we're walking towards those buildings through the trees we come across a cobblestone path running parallel to the direction we're going it's beautifully manicured grass is all very even nothing out of place but it doesn't seem to be going towards the buildings so we're like well do we not take the path and just keep going towards the buildings or do we follow the path and we'll assume it will take us to buildings eventually Hmm. so we take the path (laughs) That's got to go somewhere. Roundabout way of, I guess, figuring yeah. out where you're going. But a path is a path. Maybe the path will take us somewhere more useful rather than just, like, walking towards some random buildings. And based on, you know, the past few sessions where you've just absolutely gone a little haywire, a <laughs> yeah. path is a direction. It is exactly. something. Yeah, yeah. So we take the path and we go off walking down it. And as we are walking along, we come to now a fork in the path. And now neither fork seems to be going much closer towards the buildings. The right side seems to circle around kind of back to where we came. So that doesn't seem super useful. So we follow the left path and we come to another fountain. This one is a different one in a pond. And at this stage, our DM had us all roll a general intelligence check. (laughs) Based on our rolls, (laughs) it became clear we were in a city park, and the paths were going nowhere because they were sidewalks around a park. So, yeah, that was a little embarrassing, I guess. <laughs> I, I'd say that's a lot of embarrassing, but I wasn't there, and it wasn't, you know, observationally. Yeah, so, like, we took the path because the path has got to go somewhere. Where did the path go? Nowhere. The path, we need to not make plans because plans get ruined. Not follow paths because paths go nowhere. Yeah, I feel like I, that's proof. No more yeah. No more even trying to make plans. You guys no are more bad at it. Yeah, we need to, we can get work so far. So we veered off the path mm-hmm. and just towards the building. Let's just get out of the park. And we exit this kind of wooded area right onto like a bustling big sidewalk. And there's elves of all shapes and sizes walking by. There's a big road in front of us with like these magical horseless carriages that are zooming around or even big kind of carriages full of lots of people that kind of stop periodically and on and off. And then they carry on. And these massive tall buildings, this is the biggest city that any of us have ever seen, even compared to El Alinor, which is a huge building of itself. And all the main floor shops at the ground level seem to, or main floors of the buildings seem to be shops at the ground level. And there's kind of these staircases going down the road to the side that people are going up and down and signs and advertisements everywhere, all written in Sylvan, which is... A, a very ancient language that's generally related to Elvish. 
Kaylin, me, does not speak Sylvan, mm-hmm. but Selwyn and Ava do. So that's good. We have some people who speak the language and it's everywhere. All the signs. It's not a language you've encountered yet. I don't think I would have. It would generally be like kind of a formal language used by high elves based on my understanding of it. So I suppose we might have encountered some of it in El Alinor, but not in a barrier type way. Okay. Speak Elvish as well. So we seem to sort of be in, as a metaphor, almost like an Elvish New York or Paris, like very busy city, lots going on, very hectic as a little country girl from a small village Kaylin is very overwhelmed and a few of the others are too Selwyn is pumped she is like on board for this big city she just went through a bit of a traumatic event and she's ready to like just pretend it didn't happen for a while and just experience (laughs) what's happening right now so she wants to kind of go shopping and like have some have some fun and decides to just kind of bolt down some of these stairs that are near us and see where people are going and so we follow her. Kaylin's kind of keeping very close because I'm a little worried about getting lost with everything that's going on. This seems like a real big city. And as we go down the stairs, it's kind of basically like a fantasy subway station. There's um, like a ticket booth and people have these colored tokens that they kind of drop in a turnstile. Certain colors will pop back up and they'll grab them before they go through. And there's a platform on the other end of the turnstiles where there's some rumbling and through a tunnel, this capsule type train, if you will, pops in and the whole side opens and people rush off and rush on and it snaps shut and keeps going off down the tunnel. And so there's a lot of hustle and bustle down here. This feels very, sorry. Yeah, no, fine. This, this feels, I don't know. I haven't read it this series in so long, but Artemis Fowl. I haven't read that one. Okay. Well, It's been a long time, but yeah. it's more, it's like fantasy and, and all, all that sort of yeah. thing, but modern, mm-hmm. like almost like a steampunk-esque yeah. where it's like a blending a little yeah. bit and, but even more technologically, like, mm-hmm. like it's modern, modern, but yeah. it, I guess the, the, it's like steampunk aesthetic with a very right. modern take and that is reminding me of it. Yeah. Yeah, we had some descriptions here that were definitely in the steampunk-esque realm of how how things are looking and behaving and stuff. Which is there's a a secret garden, uh, steampunk um, version, and it's. I mean, that's so off topic. Yeah, it goes along like if you imagine the story of the secret garden and the like how you know fluffy and whatever, but it's set like in a factory and it's. Oh. It's intense, but continue. I like. You're gonna have to get more information on that later. That <laughs> sounds cool. <laughs> so yeah, there's there's the trains going on, and this this capsule type train capsule like a pill shape was also described as being like a short giant worm shape, which is now canonically how we refer to it as a short giant worm. Just going along through the tunnels here, rumbling its way through. So that's a great visual image. If if you want it, if not, just just put it away. Don't have the, to be the SGW. What's the SGW? The short giant worm. Oh, <laughs> I like it. Yeah, sorry, I'm not clever enough to pick up on that right away. I need a little. <laughs> Pretty much said the same thing you were saying back to you, but it's fine. I don't, I'm not, I'm not very good at picking things up very quickly. 
No, it's <laughs> it is what it is. Anyways, continue. So you're on Dark the giant train. Worm. Yes. Uh, well, we're not on the train. No. We're just kind of observing it. And as we look around this area, that we're kind of in a lobby, I guess. Um, there's a large map on the wall with like the city and where all the stations are and things. And the legend and the labels are all again written in Sylvan, so Selwyn and Ava can kind of read it out to us. And the city is this perfect square grid with a circular park in the middle, presumably where we came out of. And the subway station itself is shaped like this glyph throughout the city that none of us actually recognize what it is. But I suppose that might be what it gets its magic from. This whole glyph shape is what powers it, essentially. Could be kind of cool. And someone may start reading out parts of the map. There's like a theater district and a shopping district and all sorts of touristy kind of stuff. And there's pamphlet maps, but again, they're all written in Sylvan. There's none actually written in common, which seems a little odd because this could potentially be seen as kind of touristy stuff, but not necessarily, I guess, catering to tourists from the material plane, more like inner Feywild tourists, I guess. I mean, you gotta cater to who's there. Yeah, yeah. It's easier to get there from within the plane than outside, really. So Selwyn's kind of checking on map and she's looking for like maybe an embassy of some kind that connects to the material plane. There's nothing maybe like a tourist center, there's nothing, but there is a capital building, so maybe that could be useful. And there is almost like a mall directory list of shops' names on the side, and so we decide maybe like a magic shop might be kind of useful to see about getting either a plane shift spell or getting connected with a spellcaster powerful enough to plane shift us, or again, just asking where the nearest gate is, maybe they'll know. Something. Something. And Selwyn also wants a place where she can do some shopping, yes. just for fun. And so she chooses an area that seems to have kind of a variety of... Some retail therapy. Yeah, exactly. Very much. Maybe some clubs. Just just hang out a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so we head over to the ticket booth with Selwyn acting as our Sylvan interpreter. And she asks about buying some of these little ticket tokens. And we each get a one-day pass that we can repeatedly use. And we head through the turnstiles, catching our little tokens. I think Ava fumbled hers a little bit. She was not having a good time, by the way. Ava was not pumped to be in the Feywild. So just dropping her token as it came out was just like, another thing? Like, seriously? She was not vibing. But the rest of us were interested in what's going on, I guess. Maybe, like, I don't know. Maybe some people, like, not that they're being rejected, but they yeah. just don't, aren't compatible. Yeah. If you're not, like, maybe you just, it's just not a compatible space, but you don't, yeah. literally, you don't vibrate on the same plane. Yeah. The Feywild is not Ava's plane of choice, for no. sure. <laughs> yeah. So we headed through the turnstiles, getting all our tokens, and Selwyn kind of guided us to the correct platform for the space that we want to be going off to. And the, the train thing clatters in and we all kind of rush on because it snaps shut quite quickly. We didn't want to get left off on the platform. And as we're bumping along the tunnel. It's a very jerky ride. It's like these things are literally bumping along the sides of the walls as they're going down. And as we're just kind of observing, suddenly a, a funny hat appears on Kirian's head, which is a bad sign. Because after we learned that had the arch cutting. We drew up a contract that he agreed to follow 
for a set period of time as a way of kind of regaining our party's trust and proving his intentions as a member of our party. And um, I'm going to read that contract to you quickly. So there are three sections of the contract. One, Kyrian must provide full honesty on any matters that may affect the party in any way. So not just go do his own thing. 2A, if the entire party vetoes one of Kyrian's actions, he must concede. B, if there is an objection to an action that doesn't have a universal agreement from the rest of the party, Kyrian can make the decision for himself, but may a silly hat while doing so at the discretion of the party. Three, failure. The agreement can result in either a, a temporary ban on stealing based on the severity of the infraction. He is currently in a temporary ban that just when the contract was signed, there was one set to begin with. And B, dissolution of the relationship between Kirin and the rest of the party in the case of a major breach of terms. And we had all signed this and agreed to it. And so a funny hat has appeared on Kirin's head. Seemingly that he put there just as a little... I'm going to do something you won't like. Oh. And he appears to be trying to pickpocket somebody. And some other people on the train seem to notice and kind of like get up to move towards him. And then he like holds up shade, his spider familiar, and is like pretending he's pulling him off the jacket of this man that he was standing quite close to being like, whoa, dude, you got to be careful. These things are poisonous. It's a black widow spider. And the guy is just kind of like, oh, um, thanks, I guess. And just like everyone else is like, oh, okay. I'm pretty sure he just um, <clears throat> pocketed something throughout that process with his little silly hat. And so he, he seems to be quite pleased with himself. Seems to have found a, a loophole, perhaps. Is it that Paul? Is he allowed to do it himself? I technically I'm... he shouldn't be, but um, yeah, it didn't seem like too major an infraction. I guess if it had gone real south, that would have been a problem. I guess it worked though. So interesting. I mean, personally, yeah. I think it's hilarious. But oh, I know. <laughs> it's based on the contract at that point what's the point of having a contract if you're just yeah. going to do what you want anyways with the consequences mm-hmm. already put in place by you yourself yeah we'll have to touch base with him and uh, check those dates of his preliminary don't steal kind of period but also maybe we don't like the Wild that much so maybe he does get free reign here i don't know maybe but... he pickpocketed something really really cool yeah Maybe it'll benefit the whole party and then we'll be okay with it. Yeah. <laughs> Guess we'll find out. <laughs> it's easier to apologize than ask permission. Yeah, that's definitely Kyrian's policy. And I think all things, if he even does apologize, there's just no permission <laughs> happening for sure. <laughs> that's uh, yeah. So we got off at our station after bumping along and uh, just kind of followed the crowd up and out back to the street level. And at this point, we're surrounded by like slightly shorter, but still very tall buildings of kind of the same look and there's shops everywhere. And again, someone wants to have some fun before we head back. She figures the problem of finding a way to get back is going to take a while. It's not going to be like an easy snap fix. So we may as well have some fun while we're here, make some plans for the evening, do some fun stuff. And Ava's not super on board with this. She doesn't want to plan for fun. She wants to find a way out and just like, Pursue that way out. We don't want to be here longer than we have to be here. 
And so there's a bit of debate back and forth there about that. And and I kind of voiced that, like, maybe it won't take too long to find a solution. Let's ask around first and just, like, get a vibe for how long it's going to take. And then plan from there if we need to stay for a little bit. Aren't so you also on a time frame because of, like, the um, ball? I mean, yes, but also we don't know what's going to happen when we get back. Like, what the time is going to have done because again Um, there's that theory that time moves faster or time moves um, slower we could have been gone for four hours we could have been gone for three years according to some of the stories so it's a little hard to fully commit to rushing when we don't actually know if that's going to make any difference at all that was always my least favorite part about narnia yeah how the time changed i was i found it Obviously, it was a huge plot point and moved the story along because they covered hundreds of years yeah. of, you know, what was going on. But I was annoyed by it. Yeah, it's very much that kind of situation. You never know w- what time you're coming into, what time you're coming out of. You can't go back to the same area. Like, even if you left, came back, left, came back, it would be different times probably at this point that you'd be arriving in all these places you'd be screwing up with the time continuum it's so confusing okay well so you're not you don't it doesn't really matter because nothing matters at this point a little bit yeah so we decide to look for a magic shop and get and get those vibes see if there's an easy way to get back some way we get some control over it and we find a magic shop called walter's wizardry Walter, the shopkeeper, is there and greets us all and asks us if it's our first time in El Adhil, which sounds remarkably similar to El Alinor, mm-hmm. interestingly. And so, yes, it is our first time in El Adhil. And uh, we here on purpose. We're kind of looking for a way to get back to the material plane and wonder if he has any ideas. Spell scrolls, etc. And he yeah. says that the nearest gate is near Cathrier, which is another city a day or two ride north. Believes it comes out near the material plane city of Carintha. I mean, is a place we know, at least. Not necessarily where we want to go to, maybe, but that could be useful to know. Alternatively, we could pay a spellcaster or a mage to do a plane shift spell for us, but with there being five of us, it could be quite expensive. And he's not really sure what it is, but Maggie, another nearby shopkeeper, did a material plane visit on holiday or something a few years ago, and she might have a bit of an estimate, so we could go ask her if we wanted. So do a bit of a group huddle to to see where we want to go from here. Like, do we want to go back? to Carintha or try and find a way to get shifted closer to El Alinor and Selwyn very much wants to go back to El Alinor and like help her mom figure out what was going on there we definitely left it in a bit of a mess there was a whole scene going on there <laughs> did you I mean you did leave it but you also just got booted yeah away <laughs> yeah and we didn't cause the mess we didn't no. stop the mess but we didn't cause the mess but we do want to like get her mom out we don't just kind of want to abandon her mom to that but Ava really doesn't think it's safe to just like bamf right into El Alinor because who knows what will be left of El Alinor by the time we get back will it be up in flames will this dude have taken over will this dude have moved on to like Corintha and be wrecking havoc there 
So she thinks using the gate and getting back to Corintha and then figuring out what's happening in our world at that point is, is a better place to go. But someone's arguing, you know, the journey from Corintha to Eleanor, we don't have a spell scroll anymore to teleport there. It's a three-week journey. And that's a lot of time. To Too lose. much time. Yeah. A lot could happen in that we could ideally prevent if we're able to get directly there. So going the safe way is, is a big waste of time. And it would be great to get as close as we can. And then if everything we get there and everything's bad, we just bail immediately and kind of regroup at that point. But at least we know and are close enough to be able to do something. Yeah. And, and this debate was a little tense between Ava and Selwyn. The rest of us were just kind of a little washy back and forth. It's one of those moments. A little concerned, like, this. we are in character, right? We, this is in oh character. It's not in person, right? <laughs> I, I would be like, hi, everyone. Just pause. Everyone okay? <laughs> I uh, well yeah, is everyone okay? But also, I'm too sensitive for this. I can't. It was okay. We were in character, so that was all right. But it was a little tense, <laughs> and we we decided we are gonna try and get a little more information on like how expensive expensive is for trying to get a plane shift closer to Alhanor. But before we go chat with Maggie, we decide to shop here a little bit before leaving and we all kind of roll some checks to see what we notice and what stands out to us and I notice a wrap hanging on the side of the door with little heart lockets with names on them and kind of little charms with names on them and Walter says that they allow you to talk to the person whose name is on the locket or charm once a day in a 13 word message and then they can reply to you in a 13 word message which seems kind of cool so i'm like oh i'll get one for my mom yeah so i bought one for my mom kind of pointing them out to the others and we thought hey if we get little bracelets with each other's names on them if we get separated we can talk to each other yeah yeah so we all got charm bracelets eight charms or eight names and we each got, you know, the four other party members that, like, if we hold on to all four of them, we can send everybody a message. Or if we just hold the one, we can send that person specifically a message. And then I can send, they can reply, they could send, I could reply. So we can we can get a few messages in each day with each charm. And I got my mom's name in the charm as well, instead of the necklace. And some of the others also chose like friends and family's names, some of the boys' names back in Corintha just for fun. And um, possibly some completely random names just to like mess with people. One that's did that one. <laughs> that's like the texting your number neighbor. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so um, out of character, spoiler alert, Kyrian may at some point be leading an army of Allens because he didn't choose it with a specific Allen in mind, so he can contact all the Allens simultaneously. <laughs> that's like, isn't that the um, the gopher meme? That's like yelling <laughs> Allen. Yeah. Allen, Allen, Allen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So essentially that's, that's yeah. what's going on. He's, he's going to make it his goal to convince them all individually that they are the chosen one and just leaves his army of Alans. I don't know that in character, though, but it's going to be funny. I'm so stressed. 
for no reason. Uh, but it was fun. Now we've all got charm bracelets. We're super cool. I, you remember those like little, I don't remember the kind of click charm bracelets. Oh, I do. Really in when we were in junior high. That's what I'm picturing. I'm picturing the little click bracelets. Those, those, we had charm bracelet parties. Yeah. I never had one. I had like one charm, I think, that I got probably at one of those parties, and I never had an actual bracelet. <laughs> I had, I not only did I have a bracelet, I yeah. had a watch face. I remember that. It was very cool. I had a light pink watch face and multiple charms, which, yeah. based on the person I was, that was kind of out of character for me to really... <laughs> um, participate in like yeah, a, in a trend in a trend yeah. but I love tiny things they're so cute <laughs> so I jumped on it but I'm sorry you missed out on having that experience it's okay it's fine it's, it's all good <laughs> I can almost guarantee none of us have them anymore so now we're back at the same equal playing ground well guess what my D&D character has one now so I'm super cool now <laughs> you are you're the coolest out of all of us. Yeah. Obviously. Who would have thought? Almost no one. 15 years later, your D&D character would be living your 13-year-old dream. <laughs> okay, so we've established that I'm pathetic. But anyway, back to D&D. Uh, at that point, we headed out to Maggie's. And going down the street, we came to Maggie's Magic Glass Shop. And the window display shows, like, lots of blown glass, like, ornaments and vases, and very pretty. And as we enter on one side, there's also a lot of large glass mirrors that are kind of, like, playing scenes on them, just kind of randomly, which is kind of cool, just sort of fun. And we meet Maggie herself, and she mentions that besides selling glass blown objects, they also sell fortune-telling mirrors, Mm. which is intriguing. Have you ever been to the glass shop at the Forks? I think so. I don't go in there very often because it does freak me out a little bit being near so many breakable things. Literally me. <laughs> I'm like, it's so pretty, but I yeah. don't, I can't go in there. I can't afford everything I might snatch. Sorry. Yeah. But it's just, it's putting a picture in my mind. Yes. That's like my experience, my interactions with the world often do get like a, a glossy coat of fantasy. Yeah. And so I actually get to hear a different, you know, of another version. Okay, continue. So the fortune telling -telling mirrors. mirrors. Yeah. But before we get on the fortune telling mirrors, we ask about this plane shift stuff, you know, get business out of the way first. And when she went to the material plane a few years ago, it cost her 75 gold individually to get a plane shift, which is quite a lot for all five of us. That would be like almost 400 gold. That's a lot of money. We don't really have that much money. And she suggests like some ways we might try getting money. You know, there's the lottery, but the draw isn't for like another month. So we'd have to hang around to enter the lottery. There's the casino. We could go do some gambling. Or there are the games, which is a team competition. And there's prizes for the top five teams with first place getting a monetary prize. But the games are like tomorrow. But some of the teams might be, like, have some spots open for someone to join. So, like, maybe we go part of the games? Possibly? Oh, no. (laughs) I'm so scared for you guys. I was a little nervous about that, too. It sounds almost a little, like, Hunger Games-esque. 
Oh, I was thinking not quite that dark. Oh, oh, that's even scarier. My, I guess I was a little bit still stuck in L. Eleanor in that aesthetic because I was thinking like a Knight's Tale version. It might be more that than what I'm, what I'm concerned about. Hunger Games is, I mean, I didn't really part, I read Hunger Games when it first came out and not to be that person, but literally before anyone else read it and then everyone else was reading and I was like, oh. I didn't know it was going to be this popular. Right. But after the Hunger Games, I never got into any dystopian, no. any of that stuff. It doesn't interest I me. I love me some dystopia. But I, I'm sure there's lots of other series and stuff <laughs> to conceptualize what it could look yeah. like, if that's the direction. So I don't really have yeah. reference to that. So it's probably going to stay in the more It might comedic. even like be more like the Olympics type thing. Like each country being a team and the team doing things like it might not be as bad as I'm imagining not not as much as to the death yeah I'm hoping not to the death generally like light-hearted games like that are are not necessarily to the death I don't think the Feywild's quite that creepy a place but we'll see yeah you decide to go that route (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then having these ideas, we decide to ask about the fortune-telling mirrors. And yeah. Selwyn kind of asks, like, is there a way to sample one of the mirrors? And Maggie has this little compact mirror that she pulls out that just shows you a tiny, short, little potential future. And she warns that it'll just show one of, like, thousands and millions of potential futures. It's not the future. So don't dedicate your heart and soul to it. Because every choice you make could could change the future a little bit so it just finds potential futures that might be a thing it's a gimmick it's not something to make plans using yeah that doesn't make any sense i literally that doesn't make any logistical sense because i can close my eyes and do that (laughs) well yeah i why would you buy that when you can imagine it but it can just imagine you know even darker things than you could possibly imagine and show them to you and scare you or even more amazing things than you could possibly imagine, etc. So someone decides to look in this little sample mirror and based on her reaction, um, definitely sees a dark future predicted, not, mm-hmm. not good times. And then the other three also decide to take a look and also see probably seemingly pretty dark and disturbing futures said to them and with each person Maggie's like do you do you really want another of you to try this I feel like you guys should learn do you really want to try this she's almost trying to convince us not to because like it's scary well, it reminds <laughs> me of something and I can't think of it but it is no. scary and I don't like it it's scary and so it came to me where she was like do you want to take a look and I was like no I don't think I do you know the future is going to be what it will be. And I don't want to accidentally like make it happen or not happen by having something in my mind that I'm trying to avoid too, too focused. But while the others have been looking, I've been kind of idly looking at the big sale ones and they seem to sort of be running through just random futures of random people, random places. And so I'm just kind of looking at them and I see a few things I recognize. I, I see Carintha and there seems to be a large hall of people in fancy dress. That's a nice future. We like that. Yeah. I see a glimpse of the jungles of Crawden. And then I see a glimpse of El Alinor. And it is burning. Uh. And that's where we ended session for today. <laughs> You don't love the cliffhangers, do you? Well, okay. 
Not to say that nothing is happening, but there's just, it's like, it's literally the last four sessions are just edging. It's just edging everything. It's like, the downside of short sessions. You you get right to the edge of something and you're like, oh, not till next time. Not till next time. Mm, but, but it's like, yes, not till next time, but you guys don't continue. I mean, obviously you do. I'm not we're trying to get back. I'm not criticizing anything that's happening. I'm just frustrated because I'm confused. It will all become clear, I'm sure. Will it? Are you sure? Well, no. Nothing. Because I guess, hmm, here's how to explain it. Like, when there's a problem, you need a solution. Yeah. And then another problem comes up. Yeah. But you guys just have a problem and then a problem and then a problem and then a problem. And I a get problem. like a feeling that they're not all small little problems, but actually all big connected problems that we'll be like doubling back to deal with. That's kind of part of the vibe that I get. Okay, well, <laughs> I understand that some people appreciate the huge <laughs> climax, but some people don't. And some people are very confused. <laughs> we went shopping. We had fun. It was it was a lighthearted time in the Feywild. Okay. Hello. We're back. <laughs> uh, audio complications. But the point was, I'm confused. And I feel, mm, I like what's happening. I'm yeah. not, I'm not un, like dissatisfied. But also, there is like a little bit of, frustration like it's one thing when you're watching a suspenseful movie or reading a suspenseful book because you can just keep watching or keep Mm -hmm. reading in in something like this where it's very episodic you just have to wait you don't know when you in a movie you can be like oh i've got this much of the movie left it'll resolve in the next 20 minutes or this much of the book left we don't know how quickly this suspense is gonna resolve maybe i'm also getting like possessive where I'm like okay everybody (laughs) we need to figure stuff out it's Um, all part of my plan to lure you into feeling like you need to play D&D to be in control of the story no it's it's so different really I'm assuming but hearing it not like you understand because you listen to other people's campaigns (laughs) but you you would never understand what it's like to listen to your own right Yeah. But we can relate on the fact that, like, listening to it. But in my defense, the ones that you listen to are not in, you know, you can, like you said, you can just yeah. keep going. I, I can um, see timestamps and whatnot. <laughs> yeah. But anyways, I I do like what's happening. I find Good. it fascinating and it's really <laughs> fun. And all the little um, intricacies, mm-hmm. I think, will make for, yeah like, exciting times. And, like, even though this session, like, maybe we didn't get a lot done, but I feel like all the time we spent charm bracelet shopping, like, one day we're going to need to talk to each other after having gotten separated, and these bracelets are going to save our butts. They're going to be very useful. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I do. I love those bracelets. Yeah. But I guess, yeah, we can, I don't know. Do you have anything else to add about what happened? I don't think so. I mean, I'm sure I might riff off of some of the notes and comments you got, but yeah, well, that's basically what happened. I don't know if there's much. I, I do have a harder time taking notes for these mm-hmm. types of things. Also, because yeah. I'm not really 
I'm not watching the time that's elapsed because you have a typical amount of time that it yeah. takes to uh, relate back what happened. I'm not watching the time. And so I literally, I'm like, what? <laughs> it's over already? Yeah, I have no expectation. And yeah. so it comes as a shock every time. <laughs> um, so anyways, the notes, they kind of, they, they, there's notes and then it's like, it dissolves. <laughs> um, but the notes are, um, so you're in the Feywild. Mm-hmm. Then you discover there's a potential mirror effect to where you're at based on where you were. For like the gates? Well, you said like the worlds could be mirroring each other. Yeah. Yeah. Like we wouldn't necessarily visually see it. No, but yeah, the existence potentially, but it's not confirmed. Yeah. It's all wise tales and things. You guys are calm cool and collected or you're trying to be you're projecting yeah. calm cool and collect yeah. collectivity um you go on a neighborhood path tour unintentionally i don't <laughs> i guess maybe we should explain neighborhood tour to for us we yeah. uh i guess i don't know how long it's been probably only since we like b- have been out of high school which has yeah. been a long time but um we would we bus everywhere because both of us have whatever issues driving it's fine um, but as a result uh the buses are sometimes an adventure yeah and instead of getting upset because maybe we got on the wrong bus or maybe the bus was taking too long or maybe it was the wrong route we would just call them neighborhood tours yeah no big deal and we route we made we made the best of it oh yeah i've never seen this neighborhood before we get to go on a neighborhood tour i remember one time specifically when we were going to a friend's party together and we like I guess we were so engrossed in conversation, we literally forgot to get off at our stop for, like, 10 minutes. And we just kept going, and then we had to walk all the way back. We had to walk back. That was, that was a neighborhood tour. That was a neighborhood tour. So it, that, those experiences, when we were, yeah. you know, doing, getting lost so often, carried <laughs> over into, I use that term quite often. If someone takes a wrong turn, like, even if it's the slightest, like, oops, oh, I should have turned the street behind. The slightest detour. I'm like, neighborhood tour. (laughs) So anyways, that's a reference. It's really probably way funnier to us. But (laughs) you went on a neighborhood path tour. Yeah. um, And then you decided to head to the big city. Yeah. Um, You discovered the SGW. The small giant worm. (laughs) Small giant worm. Um. You decided that you, well, not you specifically, but yeah. Selwyn decided she needed some retail therapy. So you yeah. all went along with it. Yeah. Um, all, well, on the SGW, there was uh, some situations. Yeah. Some <laughs> silly hat situations. <laughs> yeah. Um, it made me think of, here's a real, I, I reference things all the time. Like it's a good that way was, of understanding things. That's how I relate to the world. But yeah. When you said silly hat, there's a Blues Clues <laughs> movie, and there's a whole entire song sect like part. Yeah. Of of silly hats, and oh, the only cool. the whole time you're just talking about this situation, I was singing the song in my head <laughs> and being like, "Whoa, it's been a long time since I've thought of that." <laughs> um, but anyways. she has younger siblings. She doesn't oh, just. Yes for fun just just so you know 
but also, but maybe she also does. <laughs> but also, I definitely wouldn't put it past me. It's comfort stuff, you know? <laughs> yeah, um, it is. Okay, so the silly hat situation, maybe yep. some pickpocketing, but whatever. We just turn a blind eye right now because it yeah. didn't impact the current events. Exactly. Um, then you had a little bit of uh, the girlies are fighting. Awkward. Tension. Um, you got some walkie-talkie bracelets. Yeah. So excited to use those. I am excited about those. I've, I'm interesting, interested to see, like, I feel like there'll be, like, dire situation. Potentially. Right? Yeah. Like, things are bad. There's only one option. I need yeah. to get this message through somehow. Yeah. Sort of thing. So. Tyrion tested him out by holding all four of us and going, you guys are a bunch of nerds. <laughs> That's <laughs> funny. Um, and then you got some info on potentially how to leave or <laughs> what options you have. A little yeah. bit pricey. And then you yeah. discovered the Bad Vibe mirrors. Well, the Bad Vibe yeah. Compact in particular. Yeah. Which is I mean, Yeah. And the others, oh, I forgot to mention, the others actually bought some compacts. Oh! I what? think Kyrian, Quinn, and Ava? I don't remember if someone bought one or not. They, they now have compacts that they can check once a day to have an, a little fortune told for them. So that'll be fun. And there's a there's a like a term that's coming to mind, but it's not yeah. because I can't think of it. But it's it's critical. It's critical. So maybe it's not necessary that I say it. But I do not agree with this plan. It creeps me out. I don't like it. Maybe that's like maybe that's our like religious upbringing speaking. Maybe, <laughs> maybe we're just like absolutely not. That's wrong. <laughs> But, but like, like hearing the fortunes, even just like hearing it, I'm like, I don't know if I just, I want to be told things like that with my, because obviously I wouldn't in character have seen or heard what the, what the fortunes they saw were, but yeah. like just kind of hearing it. So like, I don't think I will hear something like that about my character because then that's going to remain in my mind and I'm going to be mulling over it. So I guess that in itself was a character thing, knowing they're seeing dark things enough. But yeah, it didn't, it doesn't appeal to me a whole lot. No, that's just, it's yeah. not even like, it's not like I specifically can, can say like, oh, that's going to be a bad idea. It's just yeah. so unappealing. And like, even the idea that it's not like, this is going to happen in some way. It's just like, this might happen. It's so easy to like get fixated on that and be so focused on trying to avoid or trying to make that situation happen that you're missing everything else that, that's happening, could potentially be happening. So I don't know. Maybe that's our anxiety speaking as well. Yeah. Like, we just have anxious minds. We literally have anxiety disorders, actually. Yeah. <laughs> A few of them. <laughs> but not not to brag or anything. No biggie. <laughs> Um, well, it just affect our lives in so many ways. Just <laughs> constantly, every waking hour is just weighed down. But don't be jealous. I thought I could play a character without anxiety. Who was I kidding? <laughs> I guess, yeah. My thing, like getting back on the topic of participating as a yeah. character in a campaign, I could not separate who I am as it's much hard. as. 
I understand why people would be like, I want to be a different character. One, I think my deep-seated God complex would be like, no, I'm good. I'm I'm perfect enough. <laughs> Nothing could be better than me. <laughs> and then the other part is I, I don't think I could remove myself. Even if I right. attempted to create a character that's so different from me that it would be hard to actually right. force m- my own personality into that character, it would be really difficult to, like, forget. Yeah. I would just impulsively be like, no, that's what I want. Yeah. But I mean, like, also at the same time, it is kind of fun to be able to experience a fancy setting as essentially yourself with some extra abilities that you don't have in real life. Like, that's kind of appealing as well. Like in Spy Kids 3. When they so play. much. Yeah. The video you game. D- do you know what I'm talking about? Video game. Okay, good. Yeah. I, was, I thought you... I, was, I guess you like, have three. seen that. That was yeah. the best, like... Was it Elijah Wood that was in it? Or... Yeah. yeah that was the best Wood. Elijah Wood cameo in the world, really. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but then we know what happens, right? When they're trying yeah. to pretend to be something they're not. Yeah. Goes dark. So, it does. <laughs> Because we base yeah, all of someone that's a little bit like us and a little bit not like us. <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's all very interesting. And I don't know. I guess we'll see uh, what happens next yeah. week. I have some theories. Well, not theories. But, like, I have an idea of a way to get out that I'm not sure if the rest of the party is going to be on board with. Which I haven't pitched to them yet. So I'm not going to actually mention it right now. But we'll see that next session, like, if that's something people are interested in doing or if we want to go do some some gambling or some game playing or something does it involve you know setting up all those devilish compacts and them <laughs> self-destructing what if you show them, to, them to each, each other, other. <gasps> we should Maybe, try that. <laughs> what if you did show them to each other and yeah. it it had no other option than to show what actually happens because you said yeah. it's like a rotating variable situation, but if they're seeing each other, then it, yeah. it like, I don't know. They like create some, some reality. Disability. Yeah. We'll see. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we'll see what happens. What happens next session. If we get out or, Stay in Thaywild for a little longer. And interestingly, like, I kind of assumed Ava was going to want to go on a whole vendetta situation, seeing as she has the name of this person who created the obelisk, and maybe, like, want to go get them. But she seems pretty pretty bent on getting out ASAP and never coming back. So I guess at least we don't have that fight to worry about. Yeah. Yeah, that's a positive, I guess. Seeing as they seem fairly powerful magic I don't know if we'd have much of a chance if we decided to get mad at them. But yeah. Yeah, we'll see if, if they come up again. Maybe she's hiding something. Maybe. Maybe Ava is secretly the big bad. Oh my that. gosh. <laughs> Theory for another time. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> well, should we roll some dice? Let's- okay. What color would we like? Pink, green, or purple? And deal. Last time we rolled your pinky one and got, did we? I don't remember. Last time with this campaign, I think we did the pink one. We did the green one most recently, I think. So let's do the one. Or let's All drop the dice everywhere. Whatever one's closest to you. 
I currently am still holding the pink one. Okay, let's go with it. The fates have decided. Eight. No. Okay. Eight. 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 Middle ground, good old fashioned meh. All right. I oh. hope you've had a meh week so far and the rest of the week continues to be meh. Just kidding. Yeah. That's a comforting. Yeah. I hope nothing too eventful happens in your life. Honestly, that is something I wish on people. I hope that your life is not too eventful. Yeah. <sighs> At least for a little while. Yeah. The world is crazy. Okay. It is. <laughs> Before we get to extension, existential, existence, why can't I say that word? Say it for me. It's too oppressive. Existential. Existential. Before we get to existential on you, we shall bid you adieu. Thank you. Have a good week. Thank you for joining us. Yes. And we'll see you next week. Yeah. Okay. Bye. Bye.